Hi, this is Monica Olivas. I love running, eating, and sharing the best tips and strategies to help you run your best life. It's time to get inspired, do the work, and be brave so you can chase down your goals. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Instead of the usual running calendar with suggested workouts, I have a fun run challenge for you this month. And the London Marathon is the biggest race to actually be held this year, or at least since the pandemic began, but it was very different from any other race we've ever seen. Race officials set up a biosphere for the runners and their teams, and I'm sharing some of the super fun and interesting rules and tools they used to keep everyone safe. But before we get into that, let's warm up. I'm really excited for this month's running calendar because it's actually a fun run challenge. I like to share a running calendar every month. I send it out to my email list to help keep you accountable and motivated to run. But even though we're talking about a real live race today in the main event, I know it's been hard to work out and run this year. There have been so many obstacles that have gotten in the way of our running and fitness goals. I feel like I hesitate to say everyone, but most people I know have said they've gained weight since the pandemic and the safer at home orders. And it's weird, but I feel like I'm more discouraged when I feel like I've gained weight. It doesn't motivate me to want to kind of run more and eat healthier and get fired up. It's it's often this thing, and especially right now when there's still not necessarily a solid end date, the when the light at the end of the tunnel is going to be there, when races are going to be in full force again. So I have just heard from a lot of people that the struggle is real to bring back the oldest phrase right now. So instead of the usual running workout calendar, the October calendar is a fun run challenge. There are 31 days of ideas and inspiration to help you have fun on the run. I truly believe that running is one of the best ways to get fit. And I truly believe it can be fun. So if you haven't got the calendar yet, please join us. I think it's a great way to to meet other runners. And I know that it's been hard to connect. And a lot of times when you're training for a race and you're showing updates on social media and you're seeing other people, that's always a fun way to kind of connect with someone that's training for the same race as you, follow along with a hashtag and have some sort of virtual run club. And that's kind of what we're doing here. Basically, if you want to play along, I'll put a link in the show notes to the first post with the information to request if you want to get the printable calendar and the running log, print it out, follow along, basically use it, and then share your updates on Instagram or Facebook or both and tag at Run It Repeat and use the hashtag Run It Repeat. I think that using the hashtag, following along with it, seeing what other people are doing too is just a super positive, awesome way that you motivate someone else, that someone else could potentially motivate you. You never know who is following you or who you're going to see as you're scrolling along that is going to be super inspirational to you. So we've obviously already started, but it's not too late to join. Like I said, 
I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can check it out. The more the merrier. Share it with your running buddies, anyone that you think might benefit from it. You guys can keep each other accountable. And I am very excited about this, but at the same time, so I I feel like I'm trying not to be too aggressive with how I'm pushing it, but I think that this is fun and that should be the key here too, is that this is supposed to be fun. So if it doesn't exactly align with your current schedule or training calendar or whatever else you have going on, okay, like participate when you can and don't worry about it when you can't just do your best, which goes back to my theme for this year is just like doing my best. I think that that is all we can ever really ask of ourselves. If you're being honest with yourself and you just know, do your best. And sometimes you have to do your best to maintain your mental health and your sanity. Right. But I think that even if you kind of hop around and just follow along as much as you can, you'll have fun. You'll have some extra fun on the run this month. Just to describe it to you. So since this is a fun run challenge, it's focused on running. So I kind of suggest that you run Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you do cross training on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the Monday, Wednesday, Friday runs can be anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. Whatever you have time for, wherever you are in your fitness right now, right? You can do run, walk, just have fun enjoy it. Like imagine if this is just your month where you are enjoying running. Every run you go out on, you just think, I want to have fun today. I hope that I enjoy this run. I hope I end it with a smile. And that is one of the big priorities. And then also on the run days, I am kind of adding something to keep in mind or something to try. One of them is to run backwards. And I say, run your favorite route backwards. When I first shared the calendar, I got some messages, people asking. And to clarify, I mean, run in reverse. Like if you normally start on a certain block and you go right, this time you go left and you just do it from kind of finish to start. Uh, so I hope no one is actually running backwards. I can't imagine how epically I would fall if I did that. And yeah, you can also, I'm trying to see if there's another one. I keep talking about this one, but one of my favorite ones is to name that dog. When you're out on a run, what do you imagine every dog's name to be that you see? Or just name it yourself. Like just Assign every dog you see a fun, cute name. There's just a bunch of different random, meant to be fun ideas that you can use as you are running this month. And like I said, you can check it out, runeatrepeat.com. I will put a link in the notes and follow along on Instagram at runeatrepeat because I am updating daily. And especially my stories, I've been doing a lot more videos as we go through each day on the calendar. Some of the days seem appropriate for some running tips. So I did a video for tips on running shoes and different things like that. So make sure that you are watching those as well. And now let's get into the main event. Now let's talk about the London Marathon 
And if you weren't following, the London Marathon happened this past weekend, and it was very different from any marathon that we have experienced before. Maybe this will be how more races are done in the future. And I thought it was wildly interesting the more I was reading about it and following along. More than the race being very interesting, I think the setup, basically, that the race officials put into place to try to keep everyone healthy and safe in a confined space. So even if you're not a big marathon runner or don't necessarily follow running as a sport, I just became so into it. I've read so many articles. And I think what's very interesting about it too is that these articles and listen to a lot of podcasts aren't confined to running. And I think a lot of times running isn't a sport that is covered in the kind of mainstream media, the news. They're not talking about these things very much unless the race is in your city, like Phil, that LA, LA is not reporting on the New York City Marathon. The only time they really talk about running or marathons is when the LA Marathon is coming up, right? But they're not talking about the best runners in the US like they are talking about the best athletes in other sports, which isn't cool. Also, as a side note, what I have realized from listening to a lot of other podcasts talking about the London Marathon and a lot of other articles, it really seems like it is not a 50-50 split of the coverage of the male athletes to the female athletes. There's a lot more time spent on and a lot more attention paid to the male athletes. So I also think even though I am not a professional sports commentator. I want to talk about it. I think we need more female perspectives. And I think that the more females that are talking about it and following along with it, the more attention will be made because I am not going to focus on who won or specifically the elite athletes per se. Like that's not really my intention with talking about this, I want to talk about this biosphere and the things that they did within this bubble that I think are super interesting and fun because it was such a unique situation. And yeah, let's, let's get into that. But to mention like the specifics of the elite athletes, (laughs) I'm going to kind of not necessarily contradict myself, but what I was going to say as I was on my little women rant Sarah Hall did amazing, basically. She had a kick at the finish that was epic and so inspiring. I mean, if you have run a marathon in the past or run a half marathon, you know that at the end, a lot of times you are done. And to have such an awesome kick at the end that she did, so, so amazing. And I just think that considering that, I mean, it just seems interesting to me that there wasn't more, that wasn't the lead of the story of more stories covering this race. It was a ton of time. 
and I've listened to a lot of different podcasts about the London Marathon recap, all about Kipchoge, who I, I, I'm a stan. I'm a thousand percent a stan. I watched the Nike Sub 2, both projects that they did. I, I laughed, I cried, I cheered. Like I, I, and I will tell anyone runner or non-runner to watch it. I highly recommend. I think he is amazing. And again, um, Stan all the way, but whatever, like the men's race, like he didn't win and it wasn't whatever. Anyways, let's, let's just talk about the biosphere, shall we? And to set the scene a little bit, the London Marathon, much like every other big city race that was supposed to happen after the pandemic really exploded, originally pushed back their date, right? And then, like a lot of other races, realized, oh, we were very hopeful and optimistic. However, that's not how it's going to be able to happen. So they said it was going to be a virtual race instead. Okay. Then they announced that they would actually be doing an in-person race for the elite athletes. I think there was something like 40 elite athletes altogether. And they created this biosphere to keep everyone within the bubble healthy leading up to the race. And then they changed the course so that it wasn't this 26.2 exploration of London, but it was 19 laps around St. James Park in London. Obviously, it's still 26.2 miles in case anyone thought that that was different. It was 19 laps, which I think is, it's kind of, the the laps were obviously small then. I would be surprised that it was that many, but there you go. So before the athletes or any of their team members traveled to London, they were tested for COVID and then they were tested again upon arrival. And then that's not even interesting yet. Once they get to London, and they're tested, they're clear, don't have COVID. They were taken to an undisclosed location where they ate, slept, trained, and they weren't allowed to go more than a certain number of yards away from the location. There were guards around the perimeter. Like you cannot leave once you are here. That is why it is a bubble. I read a couple of interviews from different athletes. Molly Seidel from the U.S. was one of them, one of the U.S. runners. And she said that she obviously was like, we can't really say where we are, but it's fancy. The food is great. The entire situation is just super weird. Within the bubble, they still had to maintain social distancing. So even though they were tested before they came and they were tested once they got there, They still had to maintain social distancing. And the way that they did this was they were all required to wear this little like beeper thing anytime they left their hotel room. And the beeper would make a noise when you got within six feet of anyone else. So they wore the beepers on a necklace around their neck. It would go off anytime they were too close to someone. And it wasn't really meant to track specifically 
where they were at all times, just if they were too close to anyone. And then also if anyone were to test positive, they could kind of backtrack at that point and do some contact tracing to see if you had interacted with the person that ended up testing positive, right? But I thought that was just one of the many super interesting things. And the location was kept super top secret. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's because they think that spectators and media would go there or what, but they were super strict about this. Molly Seidel actually posted a picture of herself in training and you couldn't tell where she was. It was, it just looked like she was running on grass somewhere. She didn't say where it was. She was just on the ground somewhere outside and she was asked to take it down. So it didn't even say where she was, but just like they were like, nope, shut it down. Super top secret. We don't even want them to know the length of the grass out here. And it was a huge compound though, because obviously these are long distance runners. They said it was on 40 acres of land. So um, when I say they weren't allowed to leave within like certain number of yards from the location, but this location, it was a compound. It wasn't a jail cell. It wasn't just a small no-tell motel holiday inn. Huge, huge location. And this made sure then that runners had the, that they were able to still do their runs, keep doing their training, all of that. And I don't know if you're watching The Crown, but I kind of picture it being like, maybe they were at a castle and not a hotel because those places had just so much land. But I'm no landologist, so I don't really know how all of that works. And a lot of the other rules, and I'm using air quotes here in case you can't see me, because obviously you can, uh, in case I'm not air quoting enthusiastically enough that it you can't hear it through my voice, um, the rules were, some of them are things that we've become more familiar with at this point. They had to wear masks, obviously. At a lot of events like this, athletes share rooms, but in this, everyone had their own place to sleep. They had to wear the technology. So there was social distancing in the common areas, obviously, and then also in the cafeteria. They ate in shifts. And in the past, they've said that it's more of a buffet style. In this situation, there was no buffet. They had to just order it. Just all of these things that they had to change to make sure that it was as safe, social distance, healthy of a situation as possible. And the men's and the women's races, the, they obviously did not wear masks in case this was a question, while they actually ran the races and they did the races separate. So the wheelchair, the women's event, and the men's event were all separate events. And I love it. And it actually, this is kind of a side note that I would love to chat about. 
I almost think, and this kind of ties into what I was saying before with like the women not getting enough love necessarily, women, female runners, female athletes. I mean, female athletes, period, right? Like I'm acting like this is such a shock when this is pretty consistent in every sport that has male and female teams, right? So it's it's not cool anywhere. But this being an elite-only event, there are some pros to it in that we can watch it. And it is a very unique situation that when you are running a big race, most of the time it's a marathon, but sometimes, you know, there are the famous one mile races or 5k races that there are these professional athletes at. But if you are running a marathon and you are not an elite athlete, like you don't get to see who necessarily won and you don't really know and you can't cheer for them. And there is something to be said about that, about that sportsmanship, about that support, about cheering for someone, whether it be in person or on TV, that you feel like you are on their team. A lot of times people talk about their hometown sports team or the team that they're a part of as if they are on the team, right? They're like, oh, yeah, we really need to step up that defense. Like we, it's funny sometimes that, right? Like, wait, are we on the team? But it builds up this support and this loyalty, right? And I think that's awesome. And I'm kind of like working this out as I'm saying it, because I've been thinking about it as I was reading and listening to this elite race and the fact that Obviously, everyone talking about it was only able to watch. They weren't there at the race. And when you're there at the race, your priority is your is your race because running is hard and running a marathon is hard. And as much as you might be a fan of a certain elite runner, like you still need to show up for your own race. And I think that there is something so awesome about being able to watch and support the race, like we are able to watch and support other sports. At the same time, there is something so awesome about being able to run the same course as the best runners in the world on the same day, technically around the same time, albeit three hours later. And there's nothing else that does that. Like a lot of people still like to play football or basketball or whatever, but they're not having games out on the court with the Lakers, you know? And that is the same thing. When you're running the New York City Marathon with Des Linden, with Shalane, with whoever, like it is insane to think that you're doing the same sport under the same conditions, passing the same start line and the same finish line as these professionals. And most people don't get to do that if they are just a fan of another sport. So I think there are pros and cons for both. I think it was just super awesome and happy that we were able to have a marathon. I think it's interesting that London put this on and I think we need hope and and something. And two, 
to start testing out what are the circumstances under which we can start having races again. And it's going to take steps, right? And this was obviously a very small race under very extreme conditions. But if they realize like, okay, these are the things that work, and then you can make it a little bigger next time, and then a little bigger the following time, because these big races, I think there was going to be something like 40,000 people that were going to run the race if it was a different time, if it was last year, ideally, knock on wood, God willing, it's next year, right? That 40,000, 45,000 people run, and sometimes more, these big city races. And how do we do that in a way that is safe and smart for everyone to be able to do? Because I, I'm, I'm itching to do it, for sure. I do want to give major love and applause and cheers to everyone who ran, and especially the winners. The women's top three, it was Bridget Cosby from Kenya. She came in 218.58. Sarah Hall from the U.S. was 222.01. And Ruth Kipjedich was at, she's from Kenya, 222.05. Sarah Hall. (laughs) Dramatic pause. The videos of her at the end, like you can see the pain on her face as she pushes herself for that final kick. She showed up. She did the work. It was obviously very hard. Running a marathon is hard. Really pushing herself at that last bit is so, so hard. And she did it. And she just outkicked third place. And it is awesome. So, so awesome. Yeah, it it was a real race at the end. And sometimes with these longer distance races, obviously the the runners are separated by seconds, not like fractions of a second, like there are in the short distance, like track races. So I thought that this was very, very inspiring that she even has, she had that kick and she showed up with it. She did a great job. And yeah, this is, I think, the last time even an American placed on the podium in London. The last time was when Dina Castor did it in 2016. That's how long ago since a U.S. team member has placed in the London Marathon since 2006. And she got second and she fought for it. And I thought it was so, so inspirational. And yeah. Oddly, she's not going to be on the U.S. Olympic team. I think she got a DNF at the trials, which I don't think we talked about the Olympic trials, right? Anyways, good for her. Molly Seidel did really well as as well. And yeah, I, I just think it, it was very exciting, very interesting. The little beepers, the biosphere, all of that fun stuff. And I'm just very excited and hopeful to see when we get to actually run races again. So yay for everything. And now let's get into the awards. First place goes to everyone participating in the fun run challenge. Keep it up. I hope you're having fun. I hope you are running. 
I hope it is challenging. And I'm just really loving following along, seeing everyone's updates. So please, please keep it up. And second place goes to Diego for being such a good sport with all the Halloween costumes. He is at Diego Rivera on Instagram, and I've been posting him in various costumes. Sometimes I'm also in a matching or pairing costume. And yeah, we're having fun with that. The theme of the month is fun, apparently. And third place goes to, I recently listened to the Heather McDonald podcast interviewing Caitlyn Jenner. I don't watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians because I don't have E and I haven't for a long time, but I do like to keep up with them by listening to podcasts that sometimes do episode recaps. And I didn't super closely follow everything as Caitlyn Jenner transitioned. And I know that there was, there was a lot on the Kardashians about that. And then also she had, I know a lot of interviews and she wrote a book and I feel like there was just like a lot in the media a while back about it. I wasn't really following along like because I wasn't following the show or or anything else. But I'm a fan of the Heather McDonald podcast. And for whatever reason, I just thought this would be an interesting one. Because sometimes I skip it if it's like I'm not into whatever she's talking about. But it was a really good listen. And I guess maybe that's just because I haven't really been paying attention to other interviews. So I thought it was actually super interesting. It was a good mix of just like a casual conversation. It was interesting. It was casual. It was just a good little mix of it. I actually was very surprised. Like maybe I didn't follow along as closely as I thought I did because I was kind of surprised by some of the things that Caitlyn Jenner said. And I it made me like her. It made me feel like they just had this like fun, little friendly, they would be good friends. And I liked it. So anyways, that might be something you might want to check out. And those are the awards for today. Next up, get the printable running calendar and the running log. It's on runningrepeat.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Please tell someone about this show, preferably someone who has a smartphone and likes running or eating or redheaded Mexicans or all of the above. If you're in a good mood and have good blood sugar, maybe just had a snack and just won the lotto, please rate and review the show. Or maybe rating and reviewing the show will give you good karma to win the lotto. Just saying. Please rate and review the show. Five stars a million thumbs up, whatever it is. And yeah, I super, super appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great run.